You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah chapter 18 in your Bibles. I'd like to start reading in verse 1. I'm only going to read a few verses and I'm going to jump into it. I won't get through uh, all of this chapter and all of chapter 19 uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I'd like to draw your attention to the first part of Jeremiah 18. Verse number 1. It says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Interesting. God spoke to Jeremiah. He could have talked to him right where he was, but he said, I want you to get up and I want you to go to a specific location because there I want to tell you something. Verse number three. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he, that is a potter, he wrought a work on the wheels and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. God, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight and give us what we need from the word of God. I pray that our hearts would be receptive. I pray our ears would be open. I pray that our attention would be focused upon the Word of God. And Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would eliminate distractions. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to listen. I pray that you would give me clarity of my mind and clarity of my words. Help me to speak exactly what you would have me to say. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This passage of Scripture deals with a potter and the clay. Now, I did not ever get to witness this until, oh, I guess it's probably been about 10 years ago or so. Uh, As a child, I don't remember. My mom's here, but I just don't remember ever going uh, to actually see a, a potter at work. And there's places now where you can go. I think the place I saw it, I think was in Gatlinburg. Maybe it was in Branson, but they've got the place where you can actually go and you can see an actual potter. And he'll take the clay, a lump of clay, and he's got the, the water he'll use to keep it moist. And, and he, with his foot, he will spin that wheel. And the clay is there on that wheel, and it spins, and the, the, the potter will use his hands to form a vessel. And it is amazing, it is beautiful, the vessels that can be formed from an old lump of ordinary clay, and a, a potter can make that vessel so beautiful. This passage of Scripture is given to us while Jeremiah is witnessing the work of an actual potter on actual clay. But that wasn't the reason he went was just to learn how to make a a vessel out of clay. God sent Jeremiah to this place because God wanted to teach Jeremiah what God wanted to do with his people. I want you to notice, number one, I see the master. The master here is the potter. There is a specific location. The Bible says uh, God wanted Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house. Well, what makes the house significant is who lives there. 
What makes the location important is because of who is the one that inhabits that place. It is the potter's house. It's where the potter works. It's where the potter accomplishes his purpose and, and his plan. It's the potter's house, and the potter does whatever he wants, whatever he sees fit, he does it because it is at his house. The potter here is likened to or is compared to God. God is the potter. God is the one who is in control. And as God's people, I hope that we get to the potter's house. I, I think we could say that it could be applied to coming to God's house. And I hope in these days, I hope you're tuning into every service. I hope you're coming to the drive-in. I hope you're already planning on coming this Sunday for our outdoor service. But can I tell you, God wants to do a work and God wants us to get to his house and God wants us to get in his word and God wants us to get on our knees so that he can do the work that he wants to do. We must get to the place where God can work on us. I want to ask you this evening, are you in a place where God can work on your heart. You know, it's amazing to me, and I think there's a lot of great benefits, and a lot of great blessings with Facebook and social media and all of that. But you know what is a danger? A danger is that we start worrying about everybody else's business. And we start critiquing everybody else and what they say and what they did and what they must have thought and where they went. And we start worrying about everybody else when in reality, we're not keeping our own backyards clean. When in reality, there's work that God wants to do in our hearts and our lives, but we're so worried about everybody else that we don't stop to say, Lord, what are you trying to do in me? I listened uh, this, after, or this evening to Brother Nathan's uh, Teens on Target lesson on Jonah. It was so good. If you did not watch it, you need to go back. But he talked about how that God was trying to get Jonah's attention and God was trying to speak to Jonah and God was trying to work on Jonah. And I'll tell you, friend, during this pandemic that we're going through, yes, I know there's a lot of things out, out of our control. Uh, there's a lot of things in Raleigh that are out of our control and a lot of things in the White House and a lot of things in different places that are out of our control. But I'll tell you what's in our control in our control is letting God work on us. I hope we come through this and I hope we're more spiritual. I hope we're more godly. I hope we're more committed. I hope we've already made a decision that when we get out of this, we're not going to miss a service. We're going to get involved in ministry. We're going to be soul winners. We're going to sing. We're going to preach. We're going to teach. We're going to run buses. We're going to do all that we can because God has been working on us. I hope God's working on you. I hope you're letting him work on you. I hope you're allowing the potter to have his way in your life. Number one, the master. Number two, I see the material. The material that the potter is working with is clay. Um, the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Can I tell you, when you and I start to feel like we are high and mighty, and we start to feel like we are the greatest thing since peanut butter, and we're just the best thing that's ever happened since sliced bread, can I remind you that we are dirt? We are dust. We are just clay. We are nothing without God. But you take that clay, ordinary, average clay that's really worthless, 
and you put that clay in the hand of the potter, can I tell you that is when God can do and work something beautiful in our lives and God can accomplish something great when we are in the hand of the potter. The vessel was made out of clay. You and I this evening, we are the clay. Many times we like to think that we're the potter. Is that not true? Is it not true that many times we like to take control of our lives and we want to decide and we don't think it's fair and we think God should do this and we don't know why God doesn't do this or why did God allow this? Or can I tell you, friend, you and I are not the potters. We're the clay. We are the clay and we must submit ourselves to God and let him do the work that he wants to do. Isaiah chapter 64, you don't have to turn there, but verse number eight, the Bible says, but now, O Lord, thou art our father. We are the clay and thou our potter and we all are the work of thy hand. Friend, that's what we are. We are the clay. We are the material that the potter wants to use. The Bible tells us that it is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We belong to God. We are nothing without him. Would you let God have control? Would you submit to God and say, God, I admit it tonight. I'm just the clay. And God, I admit that you're the potter. I admit that you're the master. I admit that your plan is better than my plan. Number one, we see the master. Number two, the material. Number three, I want you to notice quickly the motion. The motion. It says in verse number three, then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he, that is the potter, he wrought a work on the wheels. If you've ever seen a, a, a potter, if you've ever seen that at work, you see and you know that that clay is in the middle of that wheel and that wheel is spinning. And boy, that wheel is spinning very, very, very fast. And the, the potter uh, applies pressure and he will add moisture to keep that clay moldable and to keep it soft and to keep it uh, to be uh, shaped in the uh, image and in the vessel that the potter desires for it to be. You know how it works if you have small children or if you have older children that like to do this too, but they get Play-Doh. And I'm telling you, Play-Doh had to have been one of the favorites for me as a boy. Something about the smell of it, you know, it just kind of, I don't know, brings back your childhood. Uh, uh, Play-Doh and crayons, you know, those are classics. But Play-Doh is a great, it's a fun, it's an exciting activity for children, except if they leave it out. If they don't put it back in the container, if they don't seal that container, what happens? It dries out. It becomes hard. It becomes brittle. And it cannot be used. Friend, I want to tell you, the moisture that you and I need is the Word of God. It keeps us soft. It keeps us moldable. It keeps us in a position where God can use us. But there's a motion. There is a, a spinning, there is life that is going on. And can I tell you, I'm amazed at how quickly life goes by. I was talking to somebody here recently and I, I said, I just can't believe it's already May. And you would think we would realize it because it seemed like March and April were forever with all of these uh, crazy things going on. But in some ways, it just doesn't seem possible that it's May. And then some of you encouraged me. I talked to some that are, are older and you say, oh, Pastor, you have no idea. Wait till you get to be our age. It goes faster. I'm not sure I can handle it going any faster. It's already going so fast as it is. But life is fast. 
and life is crazy and we go through so much and, and we're so busy and there's so much going on and I'm talking about good things. But if we're not careful, we will get so wrapped up in life and we'll get so wrapped up in activity and we'll get so wrapped up in motion and, and busyness. I'm not against that. I think those are good things. But if we're not careful, we'll forget that all of life ought to revolve around what God wants to do with us and through us. Can I tell you, life ought to bring us closer to God and life ought to bring us more into God's plan. And God uses the situations of life to form us and to shape us and to mold us into the person that he created us to be. Number three, I see the motion. Number four, quickly, we've already talked about it, but the molding. The Bible says in Jeremiah 18 and verse 3 that he wrought a work on the wheels. The potter does not leave the clay to itself, but the potter molds the clay. The potter administers pressure. He molds and he shapes the lump of clay into a beautiful design. Romans 9 and verse number 20, the Bible says, Nay, but O man, who art thou? that repliest against God. Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? How crazy would it be if you were uh, watching a potter work on the clay and the clay started talking back to the potter and saying, what do you think you're doing? Well, that, that, that's crazy, that's ludicrous. But it's also very crazy and ludicrous to think that we, as God's creation, would raise our voice or, or point a finger at the creator and say, God, why did you make me like this? Can I tell you, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And God's way is perfect. And you may not always understand, and I may not always understand what the potter is doing, but he knows what is best, and he is molding you, and he is shaping you, and he is forming you into the person that he wants you to be. I'm so glad that God knows what we can handle. I'm glad that it is God who is doing the work on our lives, and I'm glad that God has not given up on us. He is still molding us. Take your Bibles if you would. We'll come back to Jeremiah 18, but would you turn with me, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want you to see this passage. We could preach an entire series from Jeremiah 18 and 2 Timothy 2, but I just I want you to see these verses. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 19. The Bible says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Oh, hallelujah for that. God knows who belongs to him. And he takes care of us. And it says, And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. If you're saved, if I'm saved, we ought to act like it. If we claim that we're Christians and we claim that we are children of God, we ought to get away from sin and we ought to flee from iniquity. Verse 20 says this, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Here's what God wants us to be. Here's what our desire ought to be, that we would be a vessel unto honor, 
not a vessel of honor, not that we are bringing honor to ourselves, but a vessel unto honor, we're bringing honor to God, it says that we would be sanctified. A vessel that God is looking for, the clay that God is molding needs to be sanctified. That means set apart from the world and set apart for God's use. And meet for the master's use. And, and, and meeting the expectations that the master has, we are prepared, we are meet, we are useful, we are qualified for God's use and prepared unto every good work. God is molding us. But as God molds you, and as God molds me, I want to ask you this. Are you moldable? Am I moldable? Are we usable? Are we available for God to use us like he wants to do? After the clay is formed by the potter, after it is a spun on that wheel, and after it is shaped and the design is just right, the potter then takes that vessel and that vessel begins to dry. And that vessel is placed into an oven where that temperature is turned up so that that vessel can become solidified, so that that vessel can be useful, so that that vessel can be finished and that vessel can prepared, be prepared unto every good work. It's interesting that different kinds of clay for different kinds of vessels are heated at different temperatures. There are some that are heated between 14 and 1800 degrees. That's more of a, a common vessel. There are some that are heated about 22, 2300 degrees, and that's a little bit nicer vessel. Some of the finer vessels like the, the porcelains and the, and the beautiful vessels that are formed are heated up to sometimes 2500 degrees. And can I tell you, sometimes in the Christian life, not only is God molding us and shaping us and, and allowing pressure into our lives, but then sometimes we go through the fire. It was Job that said that when he hath tried me, like when we're placed through into a furnace or when we're placed into a fire, when he hath tried me, Job said, I shall come forth as gold. Gold is put through a fire and the impurities are burned out, but the gold is purified and it is made better and it is more valuable after it goes through the fire. Sometimes we go through the fire. Sometimes we go through the trials and sometimes we go through the burdens. But I want to remind you this. Whenever we go through the fire, God always has his hand on the thermostat. God knows what you can handle and God knows what I can handle. And God has promised he will never leave us. And as God molds us, God gives us the strength and God gives us the ability to make it through and to come forth as gold. I see the molding, but then number five, I want you to notice back in Jeremiah 18, I see the marring. That word mar here is found in verse number four. It says, and the vessel... That's us. That's the clay that was turned into a vessel. The vessel that he made of clay was marred. That word marred, it means ruined. Can I tell you, if a vessel, if, if a life becomes ruined in the hand of the potter, it's not because the potter was at fault. It's because we resisted. It's because we would not yield. Uh, turn with me to Jeremiah 19. I want you to look at verse number 11. It says, And shall say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break 
this people and this city as one breaketh a potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again. Jeremiah 18 and 19, it goes through and it lists all the sins and the wickedness and how God's people hardened their hearts and they would not listen and they would not yield. Verse number 15 of Jeremiah 19, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring upon this city and upon all her towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it. Here's why. Are you ready? Because they have hardened their necks that they might not hear my words. You know why the vessel became marred? You know why the vessel became ruined? Because the clay would not yield to the potter. Because the clay became hardened. Sometimes in our lives, we become marred in the hand of the potter. Now, I'm glad we're still in his hand. I'm glad we're still in his protection. I'm glad that we're still under the, uh, the almighty uh, 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 shadow of God. But can I tell you, sometimes we become marred in the hand of the potter because we refuse to yield to his will. Sometimes it's pride. You ever been there? I have. Sometimes it's pride that ruins us. And sometimes it's pride that causes us not to be uh, usable and moldable because we think we've got it figured out. We think we've got the answers. We think that we don't need God. We think we don't need church. We think we don't need preaching. We think we don't need to pray. And sometimes God has to let us fall flat on our face and become marred so we realize that we do need him. Sometimes it's pride. Sometimes it's bitterness. You ever been there? I've been there too. Can I tell you, bitterness creeps in and bitterness springs up. Bitterness digs down roots in your life. And if you don't deal with bitterness, bitterness will control you and bitterness will destroy you. If you are bitter, if I am bitter, it hurts us far more than it hurts the person we're bitter at. Bitterness will destroy the Christian and many, many vessels have been marred because of bitterness. Maybe it's disillusionment. I've known Christians like that. I've known people that they had it all figured out. They had a plan that they just knew this is what it was going to be and this is how it was all going to turn out and things did not work out like what they thought. I've been there before too. And can I tell you, disillusionment can cause people to become angry and disillusionment can cause people to become hurt and disillusionment can cause us to be marred in the hand of the potter and we keep ourselves from being used by God because we allow these things. I could go on and on with lists. Sometimes it's sin. Can I tell you, the potter is going to work to remove the impurities Sometimes uh, it's, it's silliness. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's selfishness. But can I tell you this? The potter is doing a work, but we must yield and we must, the Bible says, purge ourselves from these. We must confess our sin. We must get right with God so that we can be used by God. Number six, you say, Pastor, that's me. Right now you're talking to me. Maybe it's been in recent days or recent months or maybe it's been years ago. But you say, I wanted God to use me and there was a time that God was using me, but something happened. 
and I've become marred or I've become ruined or I feel like I'm not useful. Or maybe you feel like you have been broken. Or maybe you feel like that the whole world has caved in on you and you just feel like there's no way God can use you because you don't even know which way's up. And we've been there before. But can I tell you this? The marring in the hand of the potter was not the end of the story. The Bible says in Jeremiah 18, verse number four, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred. It was ruined in the hand of the potter. And it does not say that the potter threw it away. It doesn't say that the potter gave up. It doesn't say that the potter said, well, oh, well, I'll find somebody else. It says that the potter, he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Now that right there, friend, is good news. That right there is a miracle that the potter can take broken pieces and he can put them back together. And he can take broken dreams and shattered lives and messed up homes and the potter can put it back together as seemed good, not to you or me, but as it seemed good to him. I'm glad that God is the God of the second chance. I'm glad that God can pick up the pieces and God can make something beautiful out of our broken lives. You may feel like you're messed up. You may feel like you're marred. You may feel like your life is ruined, but I got good news for you. You're not the potter and neither am I. And the potter is able to make it again, another vessel. He can make you all over again. Hallelujah for the grace of God. Hallelujah for the miracle that God can do. And lastly, I see the masterpiece. The masterpiece. You see, the vessels, they start off as clay. And clay is very common. All but pottery is very beautiful. And the clay is just ordinary. But a vessel unto honor is extraordinary. Ephesians chapter 2. And verse number 10, here's what the Bible says. It says, and this is right after we read the verses, for by grace are you saved through faith. And I'm glad we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of works. This is not about getting to heaven. This is about being a vessel that brings glory to God. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship. That word workmanship is the word masterpiece. You see, if God is doing the building, it's going to be a masterpiece. If God is doing the construction, it's going to be beautiful. If God is the potter, that pottery is going to be exceptional. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. A vessel unto honor is what God created us to be. Would you let God mold you? And would you let God shape you into what he wants you to be? I'll tell you this, you and I are never gonna be what we ought to be until we get in this book right here. Without this book, we're going to be marred. We're gonna be ruined. 
until we get serious about prayer and until we get serious about surrendering our all to God and serving God, we were created not for our glory, but we were created for His honor and for His glory and for His use. The masterpiece. You say, Pastor, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> well, actually, yes, you do have a lot of work to do, but more importantly, God's got a lot of work to do on all of us. And I'm glad God's not done with us. You say, oh, I've got this thing and I got this thing. Well, guess what? God's not done with you. God's not done with me. And God wants to use us and God wants to shape us into his masterpiece. I was studying about these vessels and these pots and I read this quote. I don't know who said it, but it's good. It says, a vessel never gets to the showroom without first going through the production line. And I want to tell you, that's where we're at right now. We're on the production line. And would you let God mold you and make you and shape you into what He wants you to be? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.